just want us to talk some few things as a church. I'm not even sure whether I should preach it or just let us talk. I want us to pray as a church. What does that mean? I want us to pray as a family. Normally we pray as individuals in the church. Do you understand the difference? We are always together but never present to one another. The people see one another but never acknowledge one another. So I don't know what normally happens to you when you fast. And I don't know why you, you fast. I'm hoping what we have taught you is why you fast. But oftentimes, personally, when I fast, it doesn't matter what the reason is for my fasting. Even before God gets to what I'm fasting for, he always highlights my condition. He always shows me my heart. He shows me my condition. And as I said last time, each time he does, Every time he with all the grace that he uses, I feel like I feel broken. I see what I don't want to see. So let's backtrack so that you understand why. When you grow up in your own homes, you had your own experiences with your own family, isn't it? And there are attitudes that you developed. There was a way in which you were treated fairly or unfairly. But the manner in which you were treated, the manner in which you were raised, gave you a motivation of the kind of person you want to be when you are old. Is that the case with you? So, that's the case with me as well. But remember, other people had good parents. Other people had not so good parents. Other people did not have parents. Other people had abusive parents. But all of us, those backgrounds gave us a motivation to be something in life. Now that motivation is not always the right motivation. Are you aware of it? Some of us were motivated to be better because we were bitter. I want to have money because I hate poverty. Are you following? Yeah, I told. 
I want to be educated because I want to show these oppressors that I can do it. I want to give my children the best because I did not have the best. I don't want my children to wish they were born next door. Just like I felt. But all these motivations they create a deep sense in us to count for something. Now some of us mine in, myself included were motivated by hatred. So a lot of stuff that happens in your life Create so much hatred that success becomes your way of vengeance against your background and whoever is in it. Who knows that? So those of you who understand, you understand what I'm talking about? But when you come to Christ, you get born again. Right? At that point of being converted, you don't realize that you are not fully converted. Full conversion is a total turnaround that affects the spirit the soul and the body but for most of us we get regenerated in the spirit but in the soul Stuff is still happening. Let me give you a few examples. Peter, Peter was so born again was even filled with the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. But one day he was sleeping. He was in a trance on a rooftop. And a sheet came down and there were all kinds of animals. And the Lord said, Peter, kill and eat. Peter was raised in the Old Testament context. His soul area was informed by Old Testament traditions and teachings. His family background was that when you see Gentiles, you can call them dogs. You understand? That was his upbringing. But now on this particular day, God says to him, here's what by tradition is unclean. Here's 
by what you were told is unclean. Today I say kill and eat it. He's supposed now to go against everything he believes to be right everything that motivated his growing up his identity is challenged and he makes a stance against God he says no God ever since I was born I have never put a defiled thing in my mouth. Three times it happens. He gets the picture finally. What is the picture? Peter, you are born again. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. But you are not fully converted. Today I'm changing your heart again. I don't want you to call the Gentiles dogs anymore. Because you are supposed to be converted. You cannot postpone the change I'm bringing to your life. Right now, rise up and go to a Gentile's house. There is no preparation. There is no consulting. Right now, go with them. When he gets to Cornelius' house, he makes reference to his background. He, he says, says, you all know that by law, by tradition, by my custom, by my privileges and rights, I'm not even supposed to be here. But God, has shown me that there is no favoritism. Now, by end of that meeting, the Holy Spirit has come upon the Gentiles. Peter says, who shall stop them from being baptized since God has already given them the Holy Spirit? Now you see, when Peter leaves Cornelius' house, the understanding is that Peter is fully converted. He goes to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. He tells them, guys, you know how things are, have been with me. But God has shown me that there is honor put upon the Gentiles. God has honored them by putting his Holy Spirit on them. And God wants us to honor them too. So leaving that meeting, 
So Everyone is under the impression that Peter has fully converted. Guess what? One day Peter visits Paul in Antioch. When he gets there, he finds people who used to call dogs. And the message that God gave him starts working on him again. They put food on the table. This is not kosher. It's not clean according to their custom. This food is prepared by people who are supposedly dogs. But God has said, I must eat with them. So I must honor them. He eats. First day, he eats. Second day he eats. All of a sudden he realizes gentle food is good. All of a sudden he realizes there are people like me. All of a sudden he realizes I can hug them. End of the week. Some men come from Jerusalem. Some men from James, Galatians chapter 2 says. When they arrive, Peter is busy eating with the Gentiles. Background hits him. Background. What will these people say? Peter withdraws. Even the ones who were now converted with him. Even them they like. Paul stands amazed. He says, oh, oh, guys, what's happening? I thought we had converted. But it seems we are hypocrites. I thought your experience with God has turned your heart against these people. I thought your encounter of these people in Cornelius' house has changed you. I thought your report about them in Jerusalem was genuine. But I'm surprised that today you are showing that you are not truly fully converted. That's the state of the church right now. So what I just want to talk about it's family honor. You do realize that we are so good. Peter went through so many stages. His first encounter with God 
did not fully change his attitude towards Gentiles. And our encounters with God have not unfortunately changed our attitude towards one another. So I want to read in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 1. I'm reading verse 6. Verse 6. It says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due to me? Indotana itumisa uyise, nengegu inkosiayo. Umangingu yise, gupi uktunyiswa guamina. Says the Lord Almighty, it is you priests who show contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt to your name? Umangingu si gupi uwesachwa guamina, gusho uchehova sebawoti. Gini naba priesti entelela ikamalami. You place defiled food on my altar, but you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying what the Lord, that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. La poninigela ngesluane si impumpute, si bengsingum shachelo. Akukubina, la poninigela ngesluane eskukayo, neskulayo, agugubina. Mausi sondeze, eskulayo, gumbusi wakona, uyogubano musa guwena, uyagwamugela na, gusho uchehova sabawuti. So the aspect of dishonor, so ukungashonipi, it's not a new thing. Israel, Israel, had experienced God's love and grace and miracles. They had experienced God in a manner that none of us would ever experience God. But unfortunately for Israel, the Bible says, in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 4, when you get to verse 2 and 3, it says the message was given to them. But this message, they never mixed it with faith. Therefore, this message never transformed them inside. So when they saw God, they could acknowledge what he did. But what he did never changed their attitudes toward him. But now how do they show their attitude towards him? It was in their actions that contradicts what he commanded them. 
He says to them When you make a sacrifice Bring an animal That does not have Isid An animal without a defect They deliberately Conjure up ideas To bring crippled animals Blind animals And strange enough They expect acceptance of their sacrifices And God says There are consequences for dishonoring me Because I am your father So if you claim I'm your father, where is my honor?
Colossians, let's read chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 18. It says, Wives, submit to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves or servants, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for them, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Gonke enwenzayo gwenzenyentliziyo gungati gwenzelwa inkosi ka abantu. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. Goguba lowo owenza ogungalungi uyakwa uyakwa mkwelisa ogungalungi kwezi akwenzileyo akukho ogukhetha umuntu. When he says anyone is he talking about sinners? Have you been hearing that his, the instructions are to the church? But it says, when you dishonor, you will be repaid. And the repaying is not from the devil. Let's go to First Timothy chapter 5. Verse 1. This, this is one. now talking to Timothy as a representative of leaders, pastors, and so on and so forth. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper honor recognition to those who are widows who are who are really in need. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter eleven. That's the one I, I was I did not want to read, but I'll read it. Wabase Corinthians 
11. Let's, start it, let's take it from verse 3. Now, I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is, is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. And everyone who prays or prophesies with her head and covered dishonors her head, it is just as though her head were shaved. Verse 20. Verse 20. Now we are in at what we were doing, having communion. When you come together, it is, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For as you eat, verse 21, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody or anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now here are the consequences. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep or have died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the whole world. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. We'll, we'll just kind of wind it up there. 
Let's read verse 17. Obey or honor your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. Hebrews 13.17 Lalelani abanoholayo Nbatobele ngoguba Balinda impefumulo yenu Jenga labagula ndisisayo Guse bagwenze ngaloku ngokuchabula Bangabululi ngoguba loku Aguna agunisiza this one helps. who needs help but already you, you are sowing the seeds of what is not going to seize you so let me just honor the time I want to wrap this because anyway I'll still talk about it when I talk about authority and submission Honor is to esteem high. Is to respect. Is to bring renown and fame to someone. Philippians tell us that do not do anything out of selfish ambitions. But esteem others better than yourself that is honor are you hearing what I'm saying but the body of Christ has many and I'm talking to myself because God showed me my heart is full of people who are not converted and because you are not converted fully you cannot honor the Lord as a result you fail to walk in honor towards one another as a husband who is not converted in his heart yesterday we read a verse for a man in, Hebrews, uh, in, in Proverbs 20 verse 6. Proverbs 20 verse 6. It says many a man claim they are loving. But a faithful man Get, who can find. So which means as a man. I can claim to love my wife. I can even have the emotions to love her. But the Bible disregards that when there is no faithfulness to honor. That is why where there is no honor, love is professed but divorce still happens. And when people divorce, they then go and cheat with each other on their new spouses. Hi, how are you doing? They forgot that at the time when they loved each other, 
emotions were there, but honor was not there. And I don't know if he calls you like that. I don't know how, what uh, uh, Dr. Benny Mesh calls her, whether it's soft lass or what, whatever the case. But there is a place where there is a dishonor in the relationship one against the other. One day, I tell you, I don't have to ask them. She has said something that made him feel disrespected. He has said something that felt her, made her feel devalued. That one does not need prophecy. If you are not married, let me tell you, that one does not need prophecy. We've all done it. You know why? Because deep in our hearts, we are not converted to honor. You know how does honor happen? Honor happens when we know how to follow Jesus. What is the conditioning of following Jesus? If any man wants to follow me, deny him. So you see the there where there's no self-denial. Because honor is killed by the desire for self-righteousness. If I want to be right, I cannot esteem you to be right. right. Argument is me saying you are wrong and I'm right. But self-denial makes me realize that there's no there's no point in being right. If it means I have to diminish your value to prove that I'm right. So children must honor their. Isn't it that all of us here have, have had the stints of rebellion? They were not there. They lived their lives. You know, the way God deals, deals with me personally, I think she's unfair sometimes. But that's exactly the heart of dishonor. How God deals with you does not have to be fair. According to you. It is fair according to what he wants you to become and the inheritance he has for you. 
Philip preached that part already. The laws of the Lord are perfect. And they are for your benefit. But the way we approach God's word is as if God puts hurdles against good things we want to have. But actually, those commandments are there to remove hurdles towards what God wants us to have. So I'm saying to us, I find that my heart is not fully converted. The Bible says, elders, Pastors must lead in a, in a loving manner. Not because they are forced, but because they are willing. Sometimes I find myself like, I feel like Moses. In the same manner, you do the same things to us. We say do this. The Bible says obey, honor your leaders. Then you come back when you, the fire has burned you. Now you see there's dishonor, there's mutual dishonor, right? Because you've dishonored leadership. And Elena, I have a dishonoring heart. The tension is not right. tension. Because I want to tell you, Olahi. Does you good? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that honorable? No. But you see, when dishonor meets dishonor, the church is in chaos. The marriage goes to divorce. The children become delinquent. Parents do not embitter your children. Have you you realized how many of us discipline our children out of frustration? Is that honor? You treat your children like They, they belong to you. That God has not entrusted you with them. You What did I say? And, and God just showed me. You see how you talk to Biganyo? And God has just showed me. You see how you treat your children. Dishonor. And you're hoping that this child will grow as an honorable person. Remember what my man said in government, in, in parliament the other day. You say, I'm not an honorable member. In government, they are supposed to call one another what? But their actions. 
have convinced one another that you say you are a thief. So what I really have in my heart for us as a church is that where you are now God can give you a fresh revelation of honor. So that even like Peter God showed him what honor is. I love Jesus. Which Jesus? Because Jesus is in them. That's why God was giving him. When he says, I love Jesus, Jesus shows him the face of the brother he dislikes. When he, he sees the face of that brother, he wants to say, I don't like him. Then Jesus shows him Jesus' face. That when you dishonor one another, you dishonor me. So for you to be lifting your hands, Jesus, I love you, is hypocrisy. Honor will produce trust. I was said when I listened to us as men talking about lack of trust, and I realized there's no honor. But we call ourselves men of honor. Honor is the stead of your word. It's being steadfast, being faithful in what you said to bring respect to the other person. It's not there. So let's stand up and pray. See, there's lots of things I want to say, but I, I have time. I'm still alive. We're going to talk about them. I wish to extend an apology to anyone and everyone who in this church has felt dishonored by whomever and whenever. Honor bestows value. Dishonor it's a wicked way of devaluing the next person. So when we slander, when we gossip, when we criticize, we dishonor. So I just want us to pray as a church. Not as individuals in the church. But pray as a family. That God will teach us honor. That adults will honor young people.
The young people will honor their elders. The husbands and wives will honor one another. The daughter will not diminish on any person's value. 